Hello and welcome to Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love the real housewives. I'm your host, Connor Bean, and welcome back for another brand new episode. Thank you for joining me, whether it's your first time or your, I don't know, umpteenth time listening to the podcast. I am so grateful to have you as always. This week, I'm talking to an amazing writer, Molly Lambert, who has written for so many different publications. In fact, I was working on the edit for this episode and she announced and like put up online that she had just done the cover story for the new issue of Elle in the US on Billie Eilish. So that should give you an idea of just how many amazing places that uh, Molly has written for. The reason I asked her on the show was she did a great piece about Kathy Hilton a while ago, which I will link to in the show notes. That kind of, I just think, summed up Kathy really well and gave us insight into her life and her home, which of course are things we're seeing lots of on this season of Beverly Hills. So we got into that and basically all the Housewives shows airing right now, the All Stars concept the joys of Potomac, what maybe needs to change in New York. There's lots of great Housewives chats in this episode. So without any further ado, here is Molly Lambert on Housewives and Me. My guest today is a journalist who's written for outlets like Billboard, Elle, The New York Times, New Yorker, Bustle. She is the co-host of Deckhead's Chief Stews, which is a Twitch show all about Below Deck and of course all the other amazing Housewife shows etc in the Bravo universe and she's the host of the forthcoming podcast Heidi World which is all about the life of Heidi Flies which I will have to ask about later on but Molly Lambert welcome to Housewives and Me. Ah uh, thank you so glad to be here. I'm very excited we've lots of housewifey and things to discuss and you've had a run-in with a new fan favorite so we've lots to get into but I want to start at the very beginning I'm so curious how did you get into Real Housewives? God, it's been so long. I don't even know at this point. I think I must have started at the very beginning with Real Housewives of Orange County when it when it started. Wow. Were you like a Bravo reality TV person? Or like, were you into reality shows at times? I feel like that was an era of like Laguna Beach and Top Model. Like, were there other shows in that vein that you were into? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I dabbled. I wasn't like the person who watches everything. I definitely watched a little Laguna Beach, a little top model. But I wasn't like, I was never into The Bachelor. I was never into sort of the big reality, you know, Survivor. Mm -hmm. Um, But Housewives just immediately caught my attention because I love a bunch of crazy women. (laughs) (laughs) Was there a particular Housewives show where you're like, oh, I'm in now. They've got me good. Yeah. I mean, probably by the time they got to Beverly Hills, I was like, yeah, obviously I will watch this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely, the Beverly Hills seems to be the gateway drug for fans old and new. And actually, I think we should get into Beverly Hills now because it's having such like an insane season on every level. And we're, as we're talking, there's a reunion that's been filmed that we haven't seen, which I'm like extremely excited about. But where are you on this oh, very chaotic season of Housewives of Beverly Hills? Oh, I think it's an all-timer, just a great, incredible season of television. I was actually watching it last night again. I was making uh, my boyfriend watch the La Quinta episodes. Oh wow! Uh, where where Erica lays out her sort of weird <laughs> defense. I'm just thinking about it and laughing. Sorry, I'm just I thinking know, about it. I know, I <laughs> know. And I was like, I was making, you know, I was like annotating it live the whole time. I was like, okay, listen to this. She's going to tell this crazy story that makes no sense. And then Sutton's going <laughs> to start to get this feeling that maybe everything doesn't add up. Yes. <laughs> and is your boyfriend um, someone who kind of would only watch if you make him or is he into it? A like, little bit. I'm curious. Yeah. He, um, he's not like a housewives person, but mm-hmm. I got him into Vanderpump Rules finally. Yes. And that was like the gateway of like, he was like, oh, okay, like, I don't really care about the housewives, but like, I can, I can rock with these people. But he actually got really into Below Deck first. So he's the person who got oh. me into Below Deck, which now is like, I do a show Deckheads about, um, which is like the, one of the most popular shows on Bravo, maybe more popular than the housewives with viewers. But I feel like people talk yeah. about it way less because it's less, uh, it, it's, it's more, I don't know. It's it's different, you know. I, it's um it's in the housewives universe because it's about like rich people on boats, but it's from the point of view of the crew on the boat. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think I've always said like, oh yeah, these shows are like critiquing crazy rich people, <laughs> and that's why it's okay for me to be watching them and talking <laughs> about them all the time. I do a little bit believe that because I think you kind of see how miserable these people are 
a lot of the time. Mm. Mostly New York. Mostly New York makes you be like, huh, like these people have money, but they're so unhappy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're like, you know, maybe it's not doing that much for them. So when you're watching like the La Quinta episodes again, and you're like, and you said annotating them, which I'm just like, I feel like that would be so funny to partake in. Like, is your boyfriend giving you like fresh eyes on it because I feel like as viewers we're a little bit so far down the rabbit hole I'm so curious if I watched it with someone who was totally cold to Beverly Hills how they'd react to Erica because I'm like oh, I've had six years of this woman I feel like maybe I'm not like an yeah, impartial observer I think I was just talking about it a lot and being like oh, yeah like this is a very good season because there's like an actual plot line this time yes um yeah uh and also because it sort of involves like Los Angeles civic corruption which is like another one of my interests um <laughs> So I kind of got him in that way. Just, uh, yeah. I mean, I think this is just an incredible season because of the Erica Jane stuff. It's so, it's it's great television. Probably bad for her defense, but. uh, Yeah, it's like legally a minefield, televisually a masterpiece. Yeah. And where do you, like, where do you land on Erica's, like, stories and stuff and, and, and her storytelling and what she's saying on the show? Like, do you in any way believe her? Do you think it's, like, crazy? How do you feel about it? Oh, I mean, I think she's going down, you know. <laughs> um, I think it was a mistake of her to to stick with Tom to go down with the ship there. It does feel like she, for all her, I had to get out and he wasn't good to me, which I kind of believe in a way. There's also this steadfast loyalty to Tom that I can't figure out. I'm like, does this mean it's like like just stuck in your head and you can't let it go? Or is this actually because he's low-key protecting you on, on the side and we don't know? I mean, I think she is just not as smart as she thinks she is. And I think Tom convinced her to to do his defense for him on the show. Wow. And, and that that was just a huge mistake that I think, I, I don't know, this is what I think is that if she had flipped on him because you know i think she trusted him too much i think he was ready to throw her under the bus from the beginning and she thought we're going down together i'm gonna you know stand up for my man or whatever and then it was like no he is gonna screw you and uh don't be loyal to him yeah and it does seem like i mean i'm a complete outsider to like California and the US in general like it, but it does seem that he has real power there I mean is that naive of me to, to believe the kind of hype that he created via the show or is he someone no, with that no, much influence it's, it's real I mean I, I have a friend who's a lawyer who I said like oh do you know Tom Girardi and he was like oh everybody knows mm-hmm. who Tom Girardi is like he is someone wow. who has he's the, you know this self-styled superstar you know Beverly Hills lawyer so I think that's also just what's interesting about it is like he could have just been rich he could have just kept making money as a lawyer and been super rich but he had to scam people and I think that's also why you know with the Jen Shaw stuff coming up too it's just like Mm. that thing of that like nothing is ever enough for anyone you know that like none of these rich people are ever like I have enough money it's always like but this other person has more you know Mm. So with with Tom Girardi too, yeah, you're just like, was it worth it? Like you didn't, you could have just, you could have just sat there and ate your money. You didn't have to <laughs> steal a bunch of money. As Tiffany know? Pollard once said, <laughs> yeah, very that, yeah, very that. <laughs> but it's funny because you know we're talking about Erica, but as you said, the season has been great overall, and it's been funny watching Sutton go from like clueless white woman to like we're like I don't know the only person who can read a long form article in the group and ask questions like her arc has been very interesting as well yeah that's been fascinating because obviously Sutton is kind of the you know a villain and starts the season with this interaction with Crystal where she is racist to Crystal and you know kind of self-victimizes and makes herself like oh how dare you I've been doing yeah. a lot of Sutton voice because it's very funny oh yeah, it is, yeah. Isn't, it, isn't it? It's very, it's very like satisfying. Like I, I, I could detect quite a good Southern accent there. Actually, she's just like she's got that kind of like clipped. It's like the Southern accent, but then there's something kind of weird and clipped about it because she's so rich. Where it's like, well, I don't know if her story <laughs> makes any sense. Actually, I'm just asking these questions. So yeah, I thought that was fun just to see everyone sort of realize over the course of a few episodes that. Erica was lying and Sutton was right, even though they don't like Sutton right now. Uh, and some people siding with Erica just because they don't like Sutton. Yes. 
is is great because you know i think it's like a broken broken clock is right twice a day thing where it's like sutton was mm. right sutton's definitely not the smartest most perceptive person but she was the first person who was like huh something about this story like doesn't add up and sounds weird when when she says it when erica told the meandering tale about tom's crash and she insisted on saying and there's a switchback road and she moved her hand to sh- uh, demonstrate some- something in my head went this is way too detailed only people who lie are this well, that's, like that's detailed that's what someone else said that I thought was really good they were like this ha- yeah, the story has too many details and that is is the liar's mistake mm. and I feel like Sutton is on to that wave as well I mean, as, and you're right if there's something about I, I find it funny with Sutton because like last season when she was friend off, she seemed almost scared of the idea of being on television. And now she's landed in the position of being the only part, well, Garcelle as well, but like really leading the charge on having this very difficult conversation with someone who, as we've seen, has a really strong temper. It's yeah. Wild. And she doesn't seem like, you know, she's not like Lisa Rinna, who's like a truffle pig for drama. Who's like, <laughs> you know, finding the reason like to just make it a plot line. It's like everybody else sort of doesn't want to talk about it. Maybe because it's yeah. like their pro, you know, they don't want their backyards dug up either. But uh, Sutton uh, is the is the first one to say, "Hey, this makes no sense," and she is right. And then everybody sort of slowly realizes that she's right. And a couple people stay loyal to Erica just because they hate Sutton, which you know, fair. <laughs> She still sucks. <laughs> yeah, but she's become, it's funny because she has become like this sort of fan favorite. And I'm like, the collective amnesia that Housewives fans will have, I'm like, weren't we calling for the axe like eight weeks ago? Like, it is crazy how quickly they can turn. Yeah. And again, it's like the worst person you know made a good point style. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah, she still sucks. And she was still like a racist weirdo to crystal uh but she's also not wrong about erica right exactly and it has been interesting seeing crystal join the group this year because i feel like we're only starting to see like i feel like she's coming out of her shell more in the second half and i'm really curious where else she'll land in the reunion because she strikes me as someone who has like a lot going on yeah i really like crystal and you know i i obviously am team crystal on the crystal and sutton fight and mm-hmm. i do think crystal is one of the people who's like maybe i'll just be team erica because like i hate sutton so much yeah. <laughs> she's like well <laughs> but it's very like you know maybe i'm overselling it but just with the la quinta episodes i was like look it's it's like Chekhov's the cherry orchard it's like all these people are here and somebody's poor now <laughs> I've never, never had Chekhov referenced here, but I'm very, I'm happy that's finally <laughs> happened. It took it, it took it a year. <laughs> Just because I think it's like you see them all at first, they're all like solidarity with Erica, and then slowly they realize like, oh, we shouldn't be on Erica's side. But then it also feels almost like they're like, oh, well, like she's not one of us anymore. She's not like a Beverly Hills housewife now. She's just gonna mm. go back to being like plain old Erica from wherever she's from. You know, like. They all sort of like the the curtains just kind of close on her, and that's really interesting to watch. And of course, we can't talk about Beverly Hills and not talk about Kathy Hilton in general. But you have had the distinct pleasure of not only interviewing Kathy Hilton, you interviewed her in her home, which is now when your piece came out, we were all like, "Oh my god, Kathy Hilton Queen!" But since then, her home has become like a central player in the show because they had the dinner party there. So. I know when they had the oh dinner party there, I was like, "Oh what my the god." Hell? <laughs> I've been so, there. <laughs> yes, I was gonna say, what was it like? A, just meeting and interviewing Kathy Hilton, and B, I don't know, like being on the house that is now like a location on the show. Yeah, I mean, it was great. Uh, I she's just she's exactly the same in real life as she is on the show, is mm-hmm. what I would say. She's like totally a little kooky and mm. very nice and funny and yeah just like a little weirder than you would expect for somebody who has this sort of patrician image and wealth she's funny and was it okay was there anything kind of off limits because in a way when someone is a little bit like kooky like that you wonder do are, are they also smart at the back of where they actually be like well molly of course i can't answer that question or is she <laughs> kind of, do you know what i mean is it sort of a little bit of a front or is she just an open book because she's so kind of I think she just kind of is an open book because I Mm. think it's like the things that are off limits for her are the things on the show that she says. Like she was really upset about the show that Kyle made about their mom because she felt like they were, you know, digging up stuff that shouldn't be 
dug into. And I think, you know, they all have different relationships with each other about their mom and the sort of child acting stuff. Yeah. Kathy wasn't a child actor. So she also just seems like that didn't affect her in the same way because she was like a little bit older. She was already like a young teenager when they moved to LA. Mm -hmm. She was like, I don't really want to act. I want to go just like be a teenager. Um, So she did. So she seems like she doesn't have that sort of thing that Kyle and Kim, who were a little younger, both had where they were like, I have to do whatever they tell me to. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And what was it like seeing Hilton Estate, Hilton Manor in person? Because it seems crazy on TV. I mean, it's like incredibly beautiful. It's like the perfect Bel Air house. It's exactly what you would imagine if you were like, imagining like a Bel Air mansion that's very like kind of old Hollywood. Um, but again, with like some touches you wouldn't expect, like she has some, some you know, like Warhols and some Murakamis yeah. and like a Peter Beard photograph of like a naked woman with a giraffe. Like it's not like as fussy as, as a Beverly Hills house uh, might normally be. It's like, yeah, she's a little bit cool, which makes sense. And I think because she's the older sister, I think she does kind of care a little bit less about what people think than like Kyle does. So I just love seeing yeah. their dynamic because Kyle is so focused on what people think about her, how she comes across, making everybody happy all the time. Um, yeah. And Kathy's not. Kathy's just kind of like, oh, I am who I am. And like, I know I'm not going to like get in a big yelling fight with anyone because that's like not how I am. Yeah. And when you say like her home is like kind of what you expect of a Bel Air mansion but it has those cool touches like I mean this maybe sounds obvious but is Bel Air kind of like an old bunny footy duddy part of like yes. Beverly Hills yes. okay okay exactly. yeah, sorry it's me like, where's Bel Air <laughs> yeah I love these Bonnie um it's like the fa- yeah it's just Beverly Hills like classic rich people when you think of Los Angeles and Beverly Hills right. and like fancy people it's that but she's also the only one who lives in Beverly Hills I think at this point <laughs> yeah right because that's reminding as if you are from like outside the US even when I watch Potomac and they're all like well technically we're all scattered out quite widely like in a way Kathy is the is really the show in a nutshell in a sense with the other women like you know what you, the show would be on paper almost yeah exactly so I think they love that they finally got her because I do think some of them lived in Beverly Hills when it started but by this point it's funny it's like Erica lived in Pasadena <laughs> yeah, which is yeah. a different fancy neighborhood um but like more of even more of an old school neighborhood like where the really oh, yeah. old, the really old money is <laughs> mm-hmm. um and yeah and and a lot of them live in the valley now which is where i'm from originally which is like kind of the suburbs which is like nowhere near beverly hills but that's right. where like you know the kardashians live and all these kind of reality celebrities and also rappers but it's because you know you can get you can get more land for your money or whatever um but yeah i mean kathy hilton is is the real deal she uh she is a real housewife of beverly hills (laughs) on every level it just i'm just so actually kind of glad to hear you say she's the exact same because that's the one thing that always comes back up with housewives and people meet them they're all like yeah it's what you saw on tv pretty much which is (laughs) good you know it's what you want to hear um, there are so many shows on at the moment, but we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Potomac, which is just in its sixth season and, and kind of having this like moment where it's having its best ratings ever. And I feel like everybody's on board with Potomac now. When did you get on board with Potomac and what do you make of this season? I started watching Potomac from the beginning because, yeah. you know, I always will watch the, the new franchise to check it out. Mm-hmm. And I just I love it. What is what what do you love about Potomac? Um, I think the thing that sets Potomac apart, uh, much like Salt Lake City, is that people will put their real drama on the show, you know? Yeah. I think yeah. Um, on Beverly Hills especially, but also sometimes on New York, it's like after a certain point, people kind of realize that, you know, it's not worth blowing up their lives for the show. Yeah. And then they'll have like a plot line that's just for the show, you know? We yeah. saw this on Beverly Hills for years where it's like, oh, you know, the... Lisa Vanderpump dog thing with Dorit. It's like they'll just have some plot line and then just like rinse it every episode for an entire <laughs> season and nobody really cares. No one even really remembers what they're fighting about. Yeah. But they don't get into like, they don't usually really get into like people's marriages and like are people cheating on each other and like where, you know, whose money comes from a place that's probably bad because I think Kyle Richards is a little protected, I think, because it's her franchise. But 
I think just in general, it's like people on that show are protective of their home lives and don't want to put it all out there. And that is not what is happening on (laughs) Potomac. On Potomac, everybody is like, I'll put my whole life on TV. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. No, you're so right. It's like, and it feels like it. the show feels very now because it's like glossy and glamorous and they're talking about what's going on in the world now. But like it harkens back to the early days of the franchise where it's like they really did put it all out there and in a way that they just, the bigger, as you said, the bigger ones don't know. Right. And I think it's like on some of the other shows too, again, it's like, I, I think these people, some of the Potomac housewives are obviously also more like aspirationally wealthy than, you yeah. know, some of them are like, super you know like candace comes from comes from money yeah but i do think that one especially it's like the marriages are really on the chopping block for the show and that makes for very good television because everybody is sort of in a weird marriage on that show yeah Um, yeah no for sure and you see like how do you know it's all just like jane austen stuff it's like how does money affect people's relationships and like what yeah. if the people who have the most money are the happiest because they have no problems and like the people that are having money problems, you know, like Robin and Juan, it like affects their relationship because they keep having money problems and, you know, that makes them be like, should we be together? Like yeah. the stuff this season too with like Robin being really depressed during COVID I thought was really interesting. Um, I really like Robin actually. Yeah. But I thought that was kind of relatable that she was like, oh, I'm too depressed to move, actually. <laughs> and like, Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I know people joke about, oh, relatable content online and, and like and shows being relatable. But like of all the housewife strands, particularly in the COVID shows, I was like, um, that was so many of us, particularly and also feeling like you couldn't say that because we all had to kind of get on with things. But you're sitting there going, no, we were living in like right. still are in a pandemic. It's of course we feel weird. Right. And, and especially like on Housewives where it's like they are sort of insulated in some ways, like they're doing the show. They've got, you know, uh, testing constantly or whatever, but it did just feel kind of real. And it was, you know, so much of American culture, but on the housewives too becomes this thing about sort of like, you've got to always be hustling and you've got to always be working on your next thing. And you could see Robin who has like a successful business right now with her, her hats, um, which I love is so funny. Um, (laughs) I know her hat hat queen, (laughs) hat queen that she was like, kind of just like losing it a little bit and, and becoming just this sort of like depressed housewife. Um, which doesn't, you know, go with the brand of like aspirational rich people just like spending money. But I think to me, that's like what Housewives was sold as. But what it's really good about is just sort of like, yeah, I mean, how often do we see just a bunch of women of a certain age interacting with each other about anything, you know, in in media? And it's also that thing of when you think about when the show, the franchise started, it was a few years before the financial crash. And then they took I think they took a hold during the crash and I do think it's that half like watching it to see if they're happy because you know as we kind of know that as you mentioned earlier money doesn't always buy happiness so weirdly Robin's storyline feels like pure housewives in a lot of ways like look how she's not happy even though she should be. That's funny you say that too about the financial crash because I didn't think about that but it's true when you watch the first couple seasons of the show especially like New York and stuff. It is like money. Everything's great. Nothing's ever going <laughs> to stop being amazing. <laughs> Especially on New York where like because of the cast that they chose, it's like they're basically still in the 1980s all the time, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Fully on every level. Right? Like not yeah. only do they live in New York, they live in like Manhattan in like 1980s Manhattan where it's like <laughs> piano bars and like (laughs) steakhouses steakhouses right the carlisle it's like the only places they go um which also Uh, i think is part of why they're unhappy is because like this is my theory it's just like well if they would let themselves date people that were outside of like this tiny group of men that they date yeah yeah they all end up dating the same men because they're like no i can only date a man who has like a huge bank account and goes to the carlisle and it's like okay well that's like three guys and you all date them <laughs> it's just a poo it's a very very shallow pool of men that it's they're all such a shallow in. pool and one of them is that guy that they all what's his name the guy they all date 
<laughs> oh, Harry <Hermit> Newman. <laughs> yes, the one and only. What was it? What did Abby call him? Community Dick, which is maybe one of the best things. He is Community Dick. <laughs> yeah, where they were like, oh, well, I dated him, but then you dated him. And she was like, oh, so he's Community Dick. And it's like, yes, <laughs> that is exactly what he is. And what did you what did you think of this season of New York that we just had? Because as we we're chatting, there's a reunion happening, but it's happening way later than the rest of the season, which is unheard of for New York. So yeah, do you think, I'm- do you think, yeah, what did you think of this season? I was just surprised that they're doing a reunion because it seemed for a minute like they might not because um, a lot of the main OGs really, really uh, embarrassed themselves this season. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I I don't need to see Ramona Singer again necessarily. I think people are split. I think some people are like, no, we have to have these old assholes on over and over again. But, yeah. you know... <laughs> One way to put it. <laughs> the old guard or the old assholes, whichever you <laughs> The old guard. I just think like across the franchise this season, they were like, we can't ignore what's happening in America proper. We can't pretend yeah. that, you know, the show's always in a bubble, but like we're going to try to acknowledge what's happening outside in the street. And then as soon as they do that, you get like the real opinions of a bunch of coddled racist white women who- Right, Yeah. Um, don't know what they're talking about. And it makes you realize also like, oh, if they've just been like, like Ramona is just like a dummy, you know, in certain Mm. ways. But it's like, there are certain things where you're like, well, this crosses a line into like, you're, I really don't like you. I mean, I never have liked you. But now it's like, is this show giving you a platform just like a bad idea? (laughs) Yeah, you're right. It's like for years, Ramona was the kind of what kind of was an asshole, but in a funny way where we kind of could laugh at her and the odd time she'd have a faintly human moment whereas now I feel like she was just kind of irredeemable for a full season and it's like oh at what point do we go I'm actually I've had my fill of this now I mean for sure also like you know Luann did blackface a couple seasons ago and they didn't kick her off I think they are very selective with like who they punish for for transgressing and who they're like oh that's fine that's just Ramona She's yeah, just a yeah. race she's just a racist asshole and we all just like laugh. <laughs> but I do think yeah. especially with like racist rich white women, you know, making a lot of the bad decisions uh voting wise in America, maybe people don't have the same uh affection for that kind of thing anymore that they might once have that it's like less less innocuous. Yeah. To, to make fun of these things because you're like, oh, actually, like, this is bad. You're giving this woman a TV show. <laughs> like, mm. maybe we should give someone else a TV show besides Ramona at this point. But I don't know if people would stop watching if it wasn't if it wasn't the Ramona, Luann and Sonia show. Yeah, it's very hard to say. And if you were if you were tasked with trying to, like, quote unquote, fix New York, like, what are things you would do or want to see changed? Or casting-wise, even. I mean, I would completely clean house except for Leah and Ebony at this point is what Mm -hmm. I would do. I would hire a bunch of Leah's friends yeah, and reboot it as sort of like, you know, and you could keep the OGs on and have them like appear sometimes as like a friend of to give advice or whatever. But I think the problem is we're just repeating the same plot lines over and over again. Yeah. Which is like interesting because it's very depressing because you're like oh people don't change like we see these cycles like everyone's an alcoholic yeah. and yeah they get called out on it and then they keep drinking and we see it over and over again and like at what point is the show just like enabling these people to drink themselves to oblivion you know like would would Sonia get her shit together if she didn't have the show to fall back on anymore maybe not Maybe she'd still be trying to sell the townhouse, etc. She was also the only one who had a decent response to sort of the the talking about racism stuff. Yeah. Um, You know, and I think she's a little smarter, maybe underestimated by by her friends. Because she was the only one who was like, no, 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 we need to just shut up and listen. We shouldn't be like saying what we think. We just need to like listen to what this woman is telling us about her life. Ramona can't do anything without putting it in terms of how it affects her. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, we've watched a lot of cringy things on every Housewives show, and it's kind of, in a way, what we're there for. But the the Black Shabbat dinner was truly, like, painful. Like, really hard to 
like just Ramona, that was I was like how is Ramona even like able to face in public after this never mind be on the show well because she has no shame I think it's like she doesn't even think she embarrassed herself she's just like yeah you know and again like I think seeing that kind of thing just unvarnished of like okay here's this like rich white woman who we always suspected was probably racist uh yeah. of everything about her and her politics seemingly just to be like just to make it about her and when she just went on that rant about like the jews all hated <sighs> me in college oh god oh god it was very it was very like donald trump like you know yeah which is you know kind of makes sense for ramona um right little miss mar-a-lago herself like she's fully like oh me of course (laughs) yeah and just like the same vibe though where she's like i'm gonna make this about me and i don't even know that i'm doing it because that's the only way i know how to interact with the world is like how does this what does this get me yeah that's so true i mean we were talking about like a very established show but obviously as we're chatting like salt lake city has returned and it feels like season two is going to be truly stellar and like maybe even on her on like uncharted territory of people being arrested while they're filming the show so what are your hopes for season two of salt lake city and what did you think of the premiere oh my god i thought the premiere was incredible and i am just so ready for more of these crazy people yeah for sure and it's like the it's interesting like obviously jen's arc is going to be huge this season but seeing just even where lisa and meredith were and like the chain like and the kind of changes in the friend groups already was really interesting yeah i mean i think also with salt lake city they did something smart which was there is no like high society in salt lake city i think you know so they could just kind of cast whoever and be like this is this is high society in salt lake city according to us bravo and no one can prove us wrong because nobody knows what (laughs) salt lake city is like (laughs) there's no page six in salt lake city so who cares (laughs) If we could just cast a bunch of people that will be interesting on television, uh, including Mary Cosby, who's like an all-time, you know, crazy person willing to be on TV. So I think it's sort of, there are no rules (laughs) in Salt Lake City. And that's why it's the best. I also think it's like, um, the thing about the show people really like isn't the super wealth, I think. I think maybe that's what they thought it was at first. But I, don't, I do think people don't care that much about seeing like super rich people spending crazily right now, especially right now. So I think it's really funny that Salt Lake is this kind of like, like their fanciest place will be like, you know, the P.F. Chang's across from the mall or whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter because like on Beverly Hills, they go to Buca de Beppo, which is just as down market. It's like. You know, the point isn't seeing these people at the Ritz. It's seeing like a bunch of women interacting about personal issues and and creating issues and uh, fighting with each other. That's great. Uh, yeah, I think you've upset. <laughs> just just you're making me remember how much press Buka Beppo got out of last season. Of oh my like, god! I never heard the phrase more. <laughs> right, and again, it's like there's nothing glamorous about that. It's like a chain that they have at malls, and there's like a giant meatball. I mean, I just love when you, you know, that's the thing too. You're like, okay, the richest people can also go to Buca de Beppo. <laughs> it's, it's almost like reverse aspirational. I don't know what you would call this. <laughs> um, who are you on Salt Lake City? Are there any of the cast that you're kind of like, I guess, more interested in than others or you're kind of rooting for? Because I feel like I'm kind of relearning who I like or don't like now that the show is back. I just think Jen Shaw is here to try and top the Erica Jane season, which is incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she is. It's her goal. <laughs> I'm fascinated by Meredith and Lisa too, because I feel like Lisa came alive at the reunion and Meredith has realized, oh, I will have to quote unquote engage. I can't do a season one vibe again. Like, I feel like they're going to have the biggest shift in how they do the show this time. Yeah, I completely think so. And, you know, just uh, shout out to the legend Jen Shaw for letting them film her arrest. <laughs> She is. I just, I can't wait to see it plays out. Like just the trailer, the stuff in the trailer with her and Meredith and them them adding in that cell door sound effect. I was like, they really just know what they're doing over there. (laughs) They have it down. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very glad it's back. It's going to take us all the way through the autumn. Um, Something that is coming down the pipe with Housewives, and I think it's coming in like November. And we've been, I think fans have been calling it All Stars. It's apparently called Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. How do you feel about these kind of, 
crossover between shows and do you think it's kind of a good thing that we're getting it or it does it is it like a jump the shark moment for I, housewives? I think it's sort of like they should have done it earlier is what i think, mm-hmm. I think the whole housewives franchises are i'm pretty sure that the ratings are going down mostly for the shows have peaked although i would imagine salt lake city is probably doing the best right now because it's mm-hmm. new and has the most exciting stuff but um yeah i don't know uh it is it is it's gonna be a ride <laughs> it's gonna be interesting just seeing how much they're allowed to break the fourth wall or reference the fact that they know each other because of the show because anyway on the on each show like the girls trips are kind of there's a producer MacGuffin that they have to pretend is organic. Like, how are they going to... What's the hook of them all being away together and having friendships already? Like, that's the part Like, the, I want to figure out. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like it's going to be like Fantasy Island where they're like, we put them all together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're here too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, an Atlanta housewife is talking to a New York housewife. <laughs> like, but will they have a title card saying what city they're from? Like, I'm like, how are they going to... I'm just... That's stupid techie stuff. I'm like, how are they going to do this? I know we we talked about your incredible like run in and interaction with Kathy Hilton, but have you had any other like run ins or met any other housewives or interview them or anything in of that nature? No, but I did uh, almost run into Kathy in real life a couple days ago because <gasps> we went to one of her favorite restaurants for a birthday dinner for my mom. Uh, we went to Nobu in Malibu. Okay. Okay. Which I've always wanted to go to because it's where all the like housewives type celebs are are yeah pop popped hanging out. Um, and we didn't see any celebrities. It was funny because it was all just like people going there to be seen, you know, like a lot of like fake yeah. fake Kardashians and like rich guys with like young dates and stuff like that. But apparently, the night before we were there, Kathy was there with Paris. Oh my god. And do you think I mean, okay, maybe this is like naive of me, but do you think if Kathy was at Nobu and you were there and you went over and said, Hey, I'm Molly, I interviewed you for Bustle, she'd go, Oh Molly or would she be like, uh No, I think, like, you- I think she would be nice. She would totally be nice. And she's the type of of celebrity who I would be like completely comfortable going up to in a situation like that you know i think it's like if i saw her at like the dentist or something maybe i wouldn't bother her but (laughs) i mean her dentist though (laughs) she'd be running the dentist that's the thing (laughs) (laughs) but i think if she's at nobu it's fine and are there any like are there any housewives that you would want to have a run in with because i'm in two minds i'm like oh i do and i don't like it would kind of ruin the illusion i feel you know i saw luann in person once at an art fair she was there randomly with some other people um and i didn't interact with her because i had already kind of talked to some other weird rich person that i (laughs) wanted a photo with um so i was like oh you know i'll leave luann alone but i will say She's very hot in person. Really? Like much more so than you would expect on the show. She does like have a real charisma about her. And she was wearing like a leopard print dress and looked like a babe. And she, her friends were all these like young gay club kids who I think were like, you know, (laughs) producing music for her. So, you know, I, I, she was the only one where I was like, maybe she's like cooler off the show. Yeah. That's kind of like a Leah vibe almost. Like what yeah. you're describing to me is how I picture Leah's like social life. So that's really interesting. Yeah. And Leah knows some people I know in real life too. So I also like would, I would definitely approach Leah in real life. I would love to meet Lisa Rinna. I'm like obsessed with Lisa Rinna and Harry Hamlin because they're like, to me, they're sort of like the the working class housewives almost because they both are just like working actors who didn't come from money. They just are, you know, LA actors who did soap operas and always are working. Yeah, you're right. They're kind of there's a sort of nose to the grindstone quality to how they Yeah, like became, yeah. Like Lisa made all her money doing uh uh what's it called? QVC, like, you know, selling yeah. whatever it's called, infomercial type stuff. Which is like I think she just knows her level. She knows her lane. She's not trying to be something she's not. And that's what I like about Lisa and Harry. And also Harry seems like the greatest husband in the world. I also feel like, I think you've made a great point there. And I think, I feel like having Harry on the show softens Lisa when there's a season where she's either in the wrong about something or going after someone. You're like, oh, but when she's with Harry, she does seem like a decent human being. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, which is not to say she's not like Machiavellian when it comes to housewives drama. I think she's good at sort of, you know, carrying the bone, as they say, to in order to stay on the show. Because if you're boring, you won't stay on the show. And if you stir up drama, that's gives you a reason to be there. But 
I I think she's a little nervous this year because I think she worries that she like backed the wrong horse and that she's going to go down. But I I don't know. I would I would keep her on. Yeah, I'm so curious how. There's a story that has been floating around before the reunion that reeks of like someone close to Erica put it out there of like Rin is her only friend. Everyone's left Erica behind. And I'm like, oh, I don't know how that's going to go in the reunion. <laughs> like if you're the only friend of Erica. Yeah, but it's good to have somebody backing Erica because like just f- for the sake of the plot line, it makes it better if there's, you know, a little bit of tension. True. If everybody just completely threw Erica under the bus, um, there would be nothing for them to argue about. Very true. And also something Lisa Bruna has probably said in confidence to Harry Hamlin over his bolognese. That's the thing. <laughs> She's probably had that exact <laughs> conversation out loud in real life. Yeah. But I think I think Lisa is also like, of the other housewives, I think her money is probably the most like legit again. Like I think everyone else has like real estate and just sort of like yeah. sketchy, you know, sketchy black market sounding uh ventures that probably they don't yeah. want anyone looking into you're right that's so true it does feel like Rin is like probably could be like no i'm like i'm good like i know where all this money came from right like it came from la law which is the show harry was on for a <laughs> yes, long time you know i'm mad men she and loves Mad to say. And, yeah. and she's like, he's on Mad Men. Harry's on Mad Men. I'm I mean, like, oh my God, great. We, get, we know. He was great on <laughs> Mad Men. And I love LA Law. Um, But yeah, and she was on soaps and stuff forever. So again, I think it's like, she understands also from being on soaps. Like, how do you make a soap work? You got to have plot, you know? Yeah. And it's been so funny seeing that Days of Our Lives streaming show that has, like, I've just seen the clips out of context and how they're leaning so heavily onto like, Lisa Rinna's reality fame and how she's seeing clips of her in a soap. I'm like, oh my God, as you say, the difference between soaps, which has been said a million times, and Housewives is like very slim. Like they're basically the same kind of format. Yeah. Well, we st- we this has been a late uh, Lisa Rinna standing in the interview, which I'm enjoying. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is something I love throwing people uh, as a question because it, it just tells me so much about how they watch the shows and why I love the shows. But I have to ask, if you had to come up with a Housewives tagline, what would it be and why? Wow, I love that. Um, God, I wish I had thought about it more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking because you do the show on Twitch, like Twitch and bitch rhyme. So is there something Ooh. in like, I'm on Twitch and I'm that bitch? You know what I mean? Like something in that vein. Oh, I like that. I'm going to think of it the moment we finish is when I'm going to think <laughs> yeah. of it. And then I'm going to message you and be like, oh, I thought of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know or stream oh my god stream and dream because people st- stream on Twitch right like so like <laughs> yeah I, I don't know I've got all the streams and I'm living the dream something Ooh, like that I like I that I like I've, I've, uh, <laughs> I've got the stream and I'm living the dream that's that's it that's the one okay perfect that I think that works and then like yeah there'd always be like scenes of you doing your Twitch stream like guys I can't talk I've got to do my Twitch stream I know I love how many of them are podcasters now too and then they're like I have to go do my podcast which is my my job I know, or like when you see how some of them do their podcast, and I'm sitting there being like, if I, if I was that bad in my podcast, it wouldn't last very long. <laughs> I was like, I wish showed, I was famous enough. When they showed yeah. Mary Cosby has a podcast now, I was like, yes, we all have podcasts. <laughs> when she just said as well, I just spent months of COVID talking to myself, so I thought, why not do a podcast? And I was like, actually, Mary, fair. You're not, you're not alone in thinking that part. Correct. <laughs> like a few people in COVID. <laughs> I think I definitely did that. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I may relate to Mary more than I realized. Um, this is another question I love to throw out to guests because it, it just has had such wild answers over the last while. Um, you're throwing a Housewives dinner party. You can have five people from Housewives World. It can be uh, Housewives themselves, friends of, husbands, hangers on, whoever. Who's coming over and why? Wow. I mean, Lisa and Harry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Obviously. Um, yes. I'm going to say maybe like Meredith Marks just for fun. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Crystal, because I want to ask her a bunch of questions. <laughs> about, <laughs> oh, really? Like what? <laughs> well, just like, like, do you really support Erica or do you just still really hate Sutton? Because <laughs> <laughs> start then, start um, there. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd have Harry make his famous bolognese. Okay. Um, and who else? I mean, uh, 
probably the Grand Dam. La Grand Dam. I also feel like you were saying you'd have questions for Crystal, and I feel like you'd have so many questions for Karen in general. Of like, yeah, I just, Giselle. <laughs> I love Karen. I just love love Karen. She's she always delivers. I'm so curious too. Like whenever I chat to people about like Housewives, some people watch everything as it airs. Some people are always going back and like rewatching shows or rediscovering like particularly with the international editions of the shows. So like, what's your What's next on your Housewives viewing journey? Will you be like, do, is there a season you revisit or a show you go back to or you haven't seen? I guess I'm just revisiting this season of Beverly Hills because it was so good. I was like ready to experience it again immediately. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I might, I might go back to Vanderpump Rules again before I see how they do it this season, what they end up doing. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially during COVID, I definitely watched some some old Housewives. And is there any old seasons you watch you were like, oh, this is actually better than I remember or actually doesn't hold up now? Because I, f- I found people are going back and they're like, I don't remember it being this mean or this crazy. Oh, it is so crazy. <laughs> I mean, I think it's especially when you watch the really old seasons, it's so 2000s-y. It is just so yeah. like money and conspicuous consumption and wealth and then... Again, it just becomes less about that also because a lot of them end up divorced and and moving out of their, you know, Lux lives. And uh, I will, I will, maybe I'll watch Potomac over. It's also funny too, you mentioned like how like very 2000s early shows are, but in one way they're like more extravagant, but they all dress like so normal. Whereas now everyone is in like, Mecca la glam to like go get a cocktail. It's just like insane how overdressed everybody is. Which I appreciate because, you know, that's the thing I like about Leah is she dresses really silly. I like when they dress silly. They should. That's the thing they can give us is dressing ridiculous. And do you think Leah could ever make it to the Met Gala? Because Lisa Rinna made a big thing about like there were no real houses in the Met Gala. And I was trying to think, I was like, which ones would actually like be able like would fit the kind of Anna Wintour like take oh, on the I guests don't know. I mean I think you know I think you could bring everybody it would just have to be some designer would have to be like right I'm bringing you know I'm gonna bring all the New York housewives or whatever I think if like you know Jeremy Scott or somebody was like yes I'm bringing you know Kathy Hilton everybody would be <laughs> completely down Actually, you know what? Kathy Hilton and Leah, they're the ones yeah. that are like, yeah, I, I also like think they would work. Kathy's the one who probably like, you know, wants it the least, so. <laughs> yeah, so Anna Winter would be like, I really want Kathy. She's like, oh, really? I'm fine. I'm good. So they'd want her even more. Yeah, I saw Kathy did some New York Fashion Week stuff, though. She was like in in a fashion show or two, which I thought was was fun. Oh, yeah. So it was a clip of some video she did where she she got out of a cab. Dory. Yes, she looked amazing. She I was looked like, great, oh, is... right? Yeah, I was like, okay, if that's what you're big into the reunion, I'm like very excited. Yeah, she looked great. Oh my god, I'm honestly I'm just so jealous. You got to like meet her and be in her home. I'm like, that is just fucking <laughs> gold. It's like it really is not to be like a loser, but I'm like, God, I like come on. If we're gonna see anybody's home, it should be hers. Yeah. For sure. It's a great home. And before we wrap, if people want to find your stuff online and obviously check out uh, Deckheads as well, where can they find all that good stuff? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Molly Lambert and on Instagram at Molly underscore Lambert. Um, I have a Patreon that's Molly's Sleazy Friends and you can find some stuff there. And uh, twitch.tv forward slash deckheads pod on Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. And can people watch that like a kind of anytime just because obviously there'll be people here where like the time zones are different. So that's something you can watch back, isn't it? Like during the week, kind of like a podcast, basically. Yeah, exactly. So we do it at 6 p.m. on Tuesday nights, but you can watch it anytime after that for at least a week, um, maybe two. So yeah, check it out. And you don't have to watch Below Deck to, to enjoy. Okay. <laughs> I was going to ask because you get into all the, because you kind of get into all the Housewives shows as well, don't you? Yeah, we talk about Housewives too. It's just kind of me and my friend Anna Hosnia doing whatever we feel like for an hour on Twitch once a week. Okay, that sounds amazing. And I have to ask you about this because it's mentioned in your Twitter bio and I feel like you've made me realize that she's very Housewives adjacent in a way. You're doing a podcast about the life of Heidi Fleiss. Yeah. Can you tell us anything about that? Yeah, it's gonna be coming out at some point. Um, It is. (laughs) I don't have a date yet. But yeah, I've always been super interested in the Heidi Fleiss story. She's this woman who, when she was in her 20s, became the biggest Hollywood madam and ran sort of the sex trade in the upper echelons of LA society for a few years and then got brought down. 
and it is just an incredible story and and it gets into all kinds of weird LA stuff much like the Tom and Erica story I haven't found a direct housewives connection yet but I'm sure that I will (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be like the way like oh god like the way there were so many photos of Carol Radzva with Gile Maxler or whatever her surname is like (laughs) oh here's Carol with her celebrity friends you're like oh god like Carol this photo is gonna haunt you forever like I feel like you're seconds away from a Heidi flies with somebody else kind of photograph popping up. No, totally. Um, I will, I will, yeah. When I find out the connection, you will be the first to know. <laughs> You're like, I got the scoop for you right here. Oh, oh yeah. That sounds so interesting. It does. It just, when I was thinking about it, I was like, her story is like something that would play out on the show. Like, I feel like one of the houses was like, oh, I've been a madam all these years. Oh, I've been exposed. <laughs> like, it just feels like if it happened now, I wouldn't even be surprised, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, they're all so weird about sex on all the housewife shows. So would be interesting. Although... Actually, now that I think about it, there was a rumor about a housewife who's no longer on, who I won't name <gasps> because I don't want to get sued. Okay. Who may have worked for Heidi Place. <gasps> oh my gosh. Rumors. I'll tell you when we stop recording. <laughs> I'm getting the exclusive after recording tea. Uh, you're making me think of that random scene recently in Beverly Hills where <laughs> Dorit, and, <laughs> Dorit and Kyler talking about one of Erica's captions, which quoted a little Kim lyric like, like eating my pussy while I watch cartoons or something like that. Yeah. And they were both like, I, I, Kyle, I can't, simply can't say that word. And they wouldn't say the P word. I was like, you're grown women. You've known each other for years. What's the problem here? <laughs> so weird. I was like, okay, guys, you can't say the word pussy, but okay, sure. It was just, it's so funny. Like the, the lines these women draw on these shows that are so arbitrary. It's like, okay, that's the word you won't say. Yeah. It's the same episode where they said the C word mere minutes later. I just, I, it baffles me. Anyway, I'm very excited for people to check out all your stuff on Twitch and your writing and all that. And I will link to the Kathy piece in the show notes for anybody who has right, had the pleasure cool. of reading it yet. And I'm excited to check out the Heidi Fly story. Um, Molly Lambert, this has been a blast. Thank you very much for coming on Housewives and Me. Thanks so much for having me. This has been great. I would love to come back sometime. And uh, my question for you before we finish <gasps> Oh my is- God. What would what would an Irish Housewives franchise be? Oh my god, that that is a good question because there was technically one years ago, but it wasn't official. So there was one done about probably maybe ten years ago now, called the first season was called Dublin Housewives, and then NBC Universal reached out to the network here who did it and said, "Yeah, that's not an official show," so they had to change it to Dublin Wives. <laughs> so it was like a two season wonder that had some like real characters on it including this one woman who was like known for being like a botox doctor and she was completely crazy so they've kind of done it but i would like to see them do an official one with like the logo and like i don't know like you know like the proper branding so i think it would look good because there is wealth in Ireland, but it's also like you know we're a small like we're kind of it's an insular kind of country so i feel like it'd be one of those things that everybody knows everybody so I want them to do a proper The Real Housewives of Dublin or The Real Housewives of anywhere in Ireland. Like I would I'd take anywhere at this point. Yeah, I would love to watch that. Okay, well, if I can find if I can find clips of the Irish one, like the knockoff Irish one, I'll send it to you because it's it truly was a whole other level. Okay, perfect. Molly, I've got homework to give you now with Irish Housewives and you give me lots to look up. So thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. That was Molly Lambert on Housewives and Me, who I did send some Dublin Wives clips to in the end. I felt like, you know what? I need to I need to return the favor if someone comes on the podcast and show them the joys that was Dublin Wives. So that has happened. Thanks again to Molly for joining me. As I said, that piece about Kathy Hilton is in the show notes if you want to check it out as well. If you enjoyed today's episode and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating or a review. It really helps the show get out there. It's great for algorithms and all that kind of thing. You can find the show on social media at Housewives and Me, and you can follow me as well. It's it's Connor Bean on both Twitter and Instagram. There'll be another new episode winging your way next week. But until then, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe and I'll talk to you soon.